Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's not sure what it catches. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who is at Ryan F. Newman 1 on Twitter. Thank you. Yeah, that's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, who is at 3 Newman. That's me, Trey Newman. I love my handle. It's a very good one. I love myself. <laughs> Ryan, we can't even see you. It's very weird. Ryan's camera's not working right now, so... Yeah, it says it's accessing it, but it's not working. I don't know what's up. Oh, well, we'll play through it. Uh, remember, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, at CFB Bros, on Instagram, at College Football Bros, and we have a lot of plans for some special bonus episodes throughout the offseason. You can get those on Patreon, patreon.com slash collegefootballbros. And you can also leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like someone did this week. Trey, I don't want to attempt to say who it was. I'm going to let you do that. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, it's from <laughs> A-B-C-D-E-F-G-K-S-P-O-E-N-X-L. Thank you. <laughs> okay. For the five-star review, it's the title is Traveled Uphill Both Ways from Spotify. We appreciate that. Yeah. But he said, or she, I've been listening to this podcast since the summer when I really needed some college football the most, and I'm proud to say I can finally tell the difference in the bros' voices. These guys analyze all of college football and make it laid back and entertaining the whole time. Love the joking around and fun you guys have doing it. It makes it fun to listen to. P.S. I tell everyone I know about your Baylor prediction, Ryan. Also, Tigers are better than Tigers. Hashtag all in from a diehard Clemson fan. Thank you. All right. Yeah, that was a great review. Appreciate it. Appreciate it going uphill both ways. That is a tough yeah, trek. telling everybody how great my Baylor pick was. Yeah. Well, it was Although wrong. Technically, they didn't win the... Well, that's true. <laughs> Maybe he's telling you everyone what an idiot you are, Ryan. You're always there to bring me back down. He really is. That's very true. Yeah. Um, all right. On that note, let's talk some football. Uh, we're going to get to the playoff semifinals first. So we've got the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. LSU beat Oklahoma 63-28. to Ooh, it's a close one, Ryan. Yeah, it's dandy. Yeah, it was um, unbelievable, really, to watch Joe Burrow's performance there in that that game. Really, the first half was just, I mean, incredible. He set records over 400 yards in the first half. Such seven touchdowns. It's, I, I it's hard to put it into words. Just what like, ridiculous. It ridiculous. was ridiculous. And then Jefferson was having a huge game, and it was wow, I just. Really felt bad for OU having to be in that game. And this <laughs> good thing it wasn't Baylor, I guess. That could have <laughs> looked bad. Yeah, true. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think basically whoever was there was probably probably not going to win. Let's, exactly. It didn't yeah. really matter. So whoever was fourth didn't matter this year. Um, although I will say, it's like, does this hurt OU's chances for future selections just because it's three in a row now where they've lost and. Yeah, I, maybe I mean, subconsciously, but I don't think so. I yeah. mean, I think we kind of knew the top three teams this year were so much better. And I, I think the committee really does try to just look at the given year. Yeah. And that it was like, OU was the obvious fourth choice. Right. Obviously not top three, you mean? Exactly. There were yeah. but between 
them and who who else could have made it over? Oh, Oregon, I guess. But they had two losses. I know. So it's like, I know. Yeah. I'm just if there was another team that was like maybe next year where if there's like a close battle between you know, OU's got one loss and Oregon had one loss, then maybe they'd lean towards a different team. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. maybe. It depends on the situation. Yeah. But it, you know what's crazy about this game is if you said, and we've talked about this a lot this year, but if you said a couple years ago that LSU or LSU's quarterback would arguably be, arguably be playing the best maybe any offense really has in college football history, like that first half that they played was – Arguably the best half of of anyone in the history of football. Like, that was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it no, was. seriously for college. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they just have an embarrassment of riches at receiver. Ryan, you mentioned Jefferson. They had Chase Marshall, Randy Moss's son. Like it was just a clinic. I mean, it's just it's mind boggling what they're doing right now. Yeah, and to put some numbers to Justin Jefferson, I feel like we gotta we gotta say it. Fourteen catches, two hundred and twenty seven yards, and four touchdowns. So. Yeah, insane and game yeah, for those him. in the first half, right? Like four in the first half. Yeah. yeah the other thing I, I like, do want to say is, you know, we all are going to love the offense, but I was really impressed with LSU's defense. Like they mm-hmm. made Oklahoma, we all know, has a great offense. Yeah. They made Jalen Hurts look really normal. He was running for his life most of that game. Uh, the defense was flying around. They got some interceptions, some turnovers. Like they were wrecking havoc. So they're coming into form at the right time. Yeah, they've strung together now a few great defensive games. Um, yeah, early in the game. Well, the game just couldn't have started any worse for Oklahoma just from the very first snap. Wasn't the first snap a sack, I, I want to say? And oh, then, yeah, for LSU, yeah. Exactly. And then um, they got stuffed on a couple runs, and then they shanked a punt, and it was yeah. just off to the races for LSU. Really they the responded only... to that first drive, at least, with their own touchdown drive. Yeah, it was 7-7. That's true. They did have that deep pass to CeeDee Lamb, but yeah. that was... When the game was, quote unquote, in doubt, that was really like the only play they made, it felt yeah, like. That is, yep. Yeah, and then... I mean, oh, they held him to... Jalen Hurts is just 43 yards. It was one of our, our keys or one of our things that we talked about on the hot seat. It's like, will, he, will Jalen Hurts get 100 yards? Not even close. No. And Ryan, just to latch on, I'm, it's, I'm not trying to beat Oklahoma, but they are, they are 0-4 now in the playoff, and the least amount of points they've given up is 37. So, you know... The, every year is different, but it's it's been a rough go for the Sooners in the playoff. No, that's that's true. Um, they just you know they've just got to get better on defense. Obviously, I'm not yeah breaking any news there. And at least this year they did take a step in that direction. Obviously, we saw not nearly big enough a step, of course, based on what what just happened. But they got better compared to last year uh, throughout the season. So hopefully, with Grinch and some more recruiting classes, they'll get the talent up on that defense and coach them up. Yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not too worried about Oklahoma. Just the fact that they keep making the playoff is is great. Yeah, and I mean they're going to be the favorite next year in the Big Twelve again. So. Yeah, they got the talent. They're 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 inching closer. One play I I wanted to bring up because I made a note of it during the game. I thought, ooh, this could be a really big play. Is when when Stingley basically tackled a receiver on third down, but no pass interference was called at the time. He thought, oh wow, that could swing the game. But Ooh, wow. Yeah, yeah nothing. Lincoln Riley was fired <laughs> yeah. up, but he was. as he should be, but it really obviously didn't matter. Exactly. Uh Massey Peabody, they they give grades for for every game uh, of the entire season and Rufus Peabody tweeted this was by far the best performance of any team this season. LSU was 60 points better than an average team in this game. Wow. I mean, 
like Trey said, it may be the best game we've ever seen in college football. Pretty nuts. Um, any other any other thoughts? I mean, I guess just to make a little baby excuse for for Oklahoma. I mean, we knew LSU was going to put up a ton of points. It probably got a little bit worse because, of course, Ronnie Perkins was out, Turner Yell out at safety, and then Radley Hiles getting yeah. rightfully ejected from the game. That so. was one of the worst. Oh, that was terrible. Didn't help. Didn't help. But yeah, it made a bad situation worse, but didn't make a whole lot of difference either way. Very true. I think oh. there was another game though. I know, but I still there's there's I've got one more thing I want to bring up here. Oh yeah, is that that from Joe Burrow the play where he's almost running out of bounds and he just throws a pop fly? Yeah, to Terrace oh, Marshall. Yeah. That was that was that felt like a Heisman moment play. I know he's already won it, but that might be a play we see a lot of replays. Yeah, how of. often do you see uh, they're they're rolling out and they end up just kind of throwing it into the second row? But yeah. he was looking to make a play. Yeah, and a lot of the plays he made. Were, I mean, sometimes, of course, on that that Moss touchdown, he was just wide open. But a lot of them, guys were, you know, decently covered. Yeah. But Burrow puts it in exactly the right spot. And the receivers, they just, they go up and get it every time. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's elite. They can beat you even when you do your job. That's what separates the goods from the greats, boys. <laughs> Very true. All right, yeah. Trey. Can you say what you said earlier again, Trey? Oh, I think there was another game that day. Oh, that's a great cue, Trey. <laughs> there was another game, and it was the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Clemson beat Ohio State 29 to 23. Give us your thoughts, Trey. So I'm going to talk about the first half here, and then and then I'm going to get you guys involved in the second half. So this obviously, this was probably the best bowl game uh, so far. And so Ohio State, they go up 16 nothing. And it really could have been more. They had to settle for some red zone field goals that prevented that. And one of them, J.K. Dobbins, dropped a touchdown that initially was ruled a score, but it was correctly overturned by by replay. And and for most of the first half, Dobbins was running free, untouched. It kind of looked like the Buckeyes would run Clemson out of the building. But then, obviously, a lot of people are talking about that targeting by Wade on Trevor Lawrence. I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, it was letter of the law targeting by today's rules yeah but at, from that point on the game changed clemson scored and then lawrence had that ridiculous 67 yard touchdown run that i've never seen him do that before that, that was, was incredible. so funny it was fun to watch it was and all of a sudden it was 16 14 at half yet the whole half except for the last two minutes was dominated by ohio state so you're like okay here we go we got a second half so all right so to get us all involved here i've broken down the second half uh down to most of the key plays. And so we can all talk about them. Okay. Uh, and then after we go through these plays, we can talk about the big picture. But uh, the first play that was big, Ohio State roughs the punter. Oh, brutal. After that play, Clemson ended up scoring on a, on a long touchdown pass to ETN. But I mean, that, that was huge. That was just a dumb play, man. Yeah. So two of, of Clemson's first three touchdowns then were because of Ohio State mistakes, because that yeah. targeting call that you talked about trade that was on a third down would have been a fourth down had they not targeted i'm pretty sure and then um yeah obviously the the punt there so yep and then okay the next next play they were up clemson's up 21 16 and it looks like there's a scoop and score touchdown for ohio state but replay ends up ruling justin ross never actually completed the catch now this is by far the probably the most talked about play it's one of those to me if i'm watching Live, I thought it was a fumble. 
And since they called it a fumble on the field, I thought they would have had it stand. But the way they looked at it, it, it obviously they overturned it. Yeah, that's it's so tough. I don't, I don't know the letter of the law exactly what the rule says. It's weird because like if he catches, if he does make the catch, but then he's also being like tackled at the same time. It's like, well, his forward progress is kind of stopped. It's just, I don't know. Well, Ryan, I will tell you the letter of the law right now. So then we can. Thanks. We can apply the the rule to to what happened. So the the rule says a player has to quote maintain control of the ball long enough to enable him to perform an act common to the game, i.e., long enough to pitch or hand the ball, advance it, avoid or ward off an opponent, etc. I wish they would, and that's end quote. I wish they would have expounded more on that, etc. Yeah. Because that's it is vague. It, there is no kind of bright line rule. You kind of just have to look at it and like and watching think. the slow mo. I can, I can, I can see. I don't know if you watch well both real time and slow mo. I can, I can kind of see why. It, I don't know. It's just it was so fifty fifty. You thought they might have just let the call stand. Well, okay, so that you're saying fifty. I mean, live when I saw it, meaning live when they were showing the slow mo instant replay before they had announced it. I thought for sure it was a catch. I, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I mean. That's what I mean. When I first watched that, that was a fumble. Yeah, exactly. And then the TV ref says, "No, no, no!" Like that's he was seemed pretty confident it wasn't a catch. Yeah, he was. But I I still didn't believe him. I was like, I don't really trust that. I, I it looked like a catch to me. And then of course they overturned it. So yeah, I mean it seems like at the very least it doesn't seem indisputably incomplete, right? No. It doesn't seem like they should have overturned it. But you know, I. Reasonable minds differ, I guess. But moving on, the one thing for Ohio State is they rebounded and they scored on their next drive. Uh, and they had, and on that last drive, they had that gutsy fourth down call by they they threw the long pass to Alave. Um, so they cut in a way kind of made up for it. I know it would have been different, but they at least made up for it there. Now the thing with that was yes, great play call. But then they didn't go for two to make it a three point game, and there was like eleven and change left. Yeah. I want to say. In the fourth quarter. It was so in the fourth quarter. I go for two. I just wanted that from that point on, I kind of wanted the game to end where Clemson kicked a field goal to win by one just to see what Ryan Day would have said. Yeah. But uh, but that was that was a crazy play yeah. and decision. It kind of looked like it might come down to because Clemson was obviously late in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Driving down the field. It looked like they were just going to kick a field goal to win. Obviously, ETN, you know took that yeah. pass and went all the way. Michael, but, don't give, well, don't spoil. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Go ahead, Trey. <laughs> well, Ryan, do you have any more points on the, the two-pointer or that play? No, we're done with that. Okay. okay. Well, cool. I, it was a gutsy call, like you said. I mean, that was a, to go, to throw oh, yeah. deep on. I know. It was like fourth and one, right? Or fourth, fourth and, and one or two. And it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's the right call though, when you look at it, just like, because teams always load up and you got one-on-one with nobody else. It's like, Mm-hmm. You got to take advantage. All right. So then, then the end of the game here. I've got I've broken this up to into three. So Ohio, the one thing that people are not talking about is Ohio State decided to punt on fourth and four from Clemson's thirty nine with three minutes left. Which you got to go. You know, obviously in hindsight, in in hindsight, that now that we know now, they they would have liked to have gone for that. And but I think even the moment I was kind of saying this, you might want to go for this. So that was one decision. Then number two, obviously after that, after they punted Clemson, like a clinic, four plays, 94 yards, 
scores the touchdown. Trevor Lawrence, he'd been running so effectively that they were able to set up that Tebow-like mm-hmm. run, fake run and pass, and ETN took it the distance. Great play. And then I'll finish it up with, obviously, the, the last chance. Ohio State drove down the field, but Fields threw a, threw a pick in the end zone, and he threw two in this game after only throwing one all year. Uh, so what was your guys' take on the finish? Well, they showed Urban Meyer on the screen <laughs> right before the interception, so... They did. I don't know if there's a curse or something going on there, but but yeah, I mean the finish. It was kind of just almost as I don't want to. I'm just trying not to toot my own horn here, but then I've, I started the sentence, so I'm just going to toot my own horn, guys. It was like I said on last week's episode. No, I just trust Trevor Lawrence a little bit more than Justin Fields, and as it played out on Lawrence's last chance, they drove 96 yards for a touchdown, and with Fields, he threw a pick in the end zone. So. I mean, obviously, Fields was so great throughout the game. He, he made was. a lot of great plays, but he made, made enough mistakes. The two picks we mentioned, there was also one that was dropped by Kayvon Wallace, another potential pick six. So he was, yeah. I guess, iffy enough at times that they lost. I was uh, I was kind of worried. Well, I mean, not worried, but like when ETN scored, it's like, uh, they scored too quick. <laughs> yes, <laughs> There's yes. too much time left now. I mean, I know they're going to go for two, but that only puts you up six. So, you know, it's kind of a worthless, worthless two-point conversion here. And yeah, I they, drove, they had so much time, two timeouts. What was it, like a minute and 40 or something? Maybe even more than that. It was plenty of time left with those two timeouts. And obviously they drove, got quickly into LSU, or not LSU, quickly into Clemson territory. And I, I'm... I thought they were going to make it. I thought they were going to punch it in. But hey, what a I, what a gutsy performance from J.K. Dobbins. Oh, yeah. Got to say that. Dude, he was hurting. He was. He got injured, of course, right before the half, I think it was, and wasn't quite well, the first play in the second half. He like just couldn't do it. He just, I don't know. He yeah. stepped or whatever, and he was like immediately went out. Well, and that was both teams, man. Like true people. T. Higgins was out. He came back. Justin Ross got hurt. He can't like there was people left and right. Lawrence got nailed. Lawrence yeah. took some hits. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, he did. But he was a game. That last drive was, whoa, that was unbelievable. And they really made a point for in their game plan to have him be a runner. And that was probably the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting back to Dobbins, though, uh, he reached 2000 yards on the season in this game, which it surprised me. I, I read that it was that was the first Buckeye ever to rush for 2000 yards. Wow. So that was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, Trey, you did a great job leading us through the game there. One thing you did miss, you mentioned the one bad Dobbins drop in the end zone yeah, ooh, where he was falling to the ground. It seemed like he was more concerned on that play with uh, reaching across the goal line rather than surviving yeah, he, the fall. He, I think he would have caught it if it was anywhere else on the field. Yeah, agreed. Um, but then the other play was the screen pass to Dobbins oh that was yeah. dropped the easy one yeah he dropped it and it was set up perfectly it he was, maybe would have the red I, I might have been able to score yeah so that was he was great but man made two big mistakes there true but he's quite I mean f- between him and Master Teague like quite a drop off there when you get to Teague yeah Teague didn't didn't do much in the game no, I was just a. I mean, this was worth the time, I and mean, that was a that was a classic game. Obviously, could have gone either way. Yep, and uh, yeah, Travis Etienne. Obviously, he didn't do much on the ground except for that one touchdown run, which was great. That was a yeah a highlight play. All of his plays were really highlights. He had three touchdowns. Of course, the game winner, the one uh, the rushing touchdown where he just kind of pushed that guy out of the way, 
and then um was it it was a a reception where he just kind of exploded through the hole he did explode yeah Yeah. um okay is that is that all we have on on this game think so it was great sweet okay well then uh let's uh recap some other bowls that have happened since our last podcast and then at the end of the podcast we'll do a very brief look ahead to the CFP championship. Obviously, next week we'll have a, a full breakdown of that game. Uh, but let's go to Saturday, December 28th. Trey, what was our first game there? All right. So the first one we'll talk about is the Camping World Bowl. Notre Dame ended up beating Iowa State 33-9. to they, The Irish just dominated the Cyclones. Cyclones were held to only 272 yards, and Notre Dame also forced two turnovers. Chase Claypool had 146 and a touchdown. Tony Jones ran for 135 on only 11 carries. So a solid 11 and 2 year for Brian and Kelly. Brian Kelly and the Irish, but they, <laughs> who's they, Brian they, and Kelly? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't you mean Ryan and Kelly? Or Kelly oh. and Ryan? What are you Anybody? talking about? Is that a movie? No. No. Kelly and Ryan, isn't it? Or who is Don't they do the morning show? It used to be Regis and Kelly. Now it's like Oh my gosh, I have I no idea. Know. Ryan Seacrest and Kelly, I'm a Regis guy. I miss Regis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they were 11 and two, but they just couldn't quite get over the top with the you know their losses being to Georgia and Michigan. Yep, no, nope. that was a good year though. Um, all right, next game was uh, Penn State and Memphis. This one was a, a doozy of a game here. A lot of a lot of action. It was uh, Penn State ended up winning 53 39. Uh, the main takeaways, though, from this game for me was just the fact that Memphis, they just had to settle for way too many field goals. They made them all. all they, made, they attempted six and made, made all six. Good for him. But yeah, when, with these high scoring types of games, you need touchdowns and not field goals to win. Uh, Penn State also got a pick six. That kind of helped. That was a big play in the game that kind of changed the momentum. Uh, put them up nine, two scores late in the third quarter. If you look at the overall stats, though, Memphis actually outgained Penn State by a little bit. So it was very even matchup. Journey Brown, he had a huge game running for Penn State, over 200 yards. Uh, and then Brady White threw for 454, but had a couple of picks. So I don't know, it was just an exciting game to watch. And um, But yeah, another another good year for Penn State and James Franklin. Yeah, yeah, it was a great, great Cotton Bowl from both teams. Yep. Uh, let's go to Monday, December 30th, the serve pro first responder bowl, Western Kentucky beat Western Michigan 23 to 20. And this one was crazy. So the score was, was close the, the entire game and Western Michigan at the end, they had the ball tie game with 30 seconds left and they're in field goal range. So you're thinking at worst overtime, if you're Western Michigan and on third down, John Wasink ran a, a read option. He kept it. And he had a ton of green grass in front of him. <laughs> he could have gone very far. They would have had pretty much a chip shot field goal to win it. But he tripped just over himself. The turf monster got him. So it was fourth and three and would have been a 47-yard field goal if they decided to kick it, which they didn't. They decided to go for it through an incomplete pass. So Western Kentucky gets the ball back, 27 seconds left, and... They eventually, they kind of get down the field a little bit and last play of the game, three seconds left. I think it was three seconds. And um, instead of kicking a 57 yard field goal, which is probably too far, they attempted a Hail Mary incomplete. So we're going to overtime, right, Trey? 
I, that's the way. That's what I saw, and then I kind of turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you thought, but no. They uh, they review the play. Western Michigan had twelve men on the field, and so Western Kentucky gets one untimed down. Of course, five yards closer, so now it's a fifty-two yard field goal, which they do attempt. And their true freshman kicker, who was like something like fourteen for twenty-four going into the game, he nailed it. Fifty-two <laughs> yard field goal to win, just insane. That's a brutal loss. Yeah, I want to name him Corey Munson. Was the name of the kicker? So onions good for him. This is the year of true freshman kickers nailing. Yeah, yeah like started the year fifty-yard right? bombs. Yeah, Nevada at Purdue. Yep. All right. Well, the next one was the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl. Louisville beat Mississippi State 38-28. Mississippi State jumped out to a 14-0 lead, but then Louisville rattled off 31 unanswered. They racked up 510 yards of offense. The Bulldogs just could not stop Louisville in the second half. Cunningham threw for 279, ran for 81. Their defense, Louisville's defense actually had four sacks on Tommy Stevens. They forced a, a key fumble, which they returned for a touchdown. Scott Satterfield blew the doors off of expectations going eight and five. Yeah, that was a great performance there. But when Mississippi State, that's uh, that's rough. Not a very good year there, huh, Mike? No, oh Moorhead is definitely on the hot seat going into yep, next year. Definitely. Uh, all right, let's move on to the uh, the very entertaining Red Box Bowl. We had Cal versus Illinois. Cal got the victory 35 to 20. They kind of dominated the scoreboard here, but not necessarily like the the team stats, so to say. Illinois actually outgained them by over 50 yards. Um, but Chase Garbers had a great game. He was 22 of 31 for 272 yards and four touchdowns, no picks. And then Chris Brown had a great game on the ground. He rushed for 120 yards. So Cal goes eight and five and... You know, I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit already. Had Char- Chase Garber's been healthy the entire year, could have won a couple more games, maybe been a little bit more of a player in the North had that happen. But still, you got to be encouraged. Good overall year for for Cal. Definitely, yeah. Going eight and five, definitely very encouraging. It's their I looked as their best year since 2015, which was year three for Sonny Dykes, and mm-hmm. that year they finished 32nd in Sagarin. This year, Cal, they're going to be like low 40s probably. But like you say, had Garbers been healthy, probably yeah. would have equaled 2015, I would think. You get Garbers coming back. He's, what, just a sophomore, I believe. So yeah, they do lose some some key pieces on defense, but yeah, but Weaver. True, but still very encouraging year. Yep. Uh, next up is the Capital One Orange Bowl. Florida beat Virginia 36 to 28. Bryce Perkins had a great game. 323 yards, four touchdowns. And the backdoor only cover. Only one interception. Yeah, backdoor cover for our spread. <laughs> yeah, when we made our picks, it was the spread was 14. So yeah. that last touchdown at the very end, definitely backdoor. <laughs> uh, but in this game, Virginia ran 62 plays. 55 of them were Bryce Perkins throws or runs. Huh. Definitely the one-man show that we uh, we all thought they were. Yep, but their defense just couldn't really stop florida they gave up 549 yards of total offense lamichael p ryan had a big game on the ground and as a team they ran for 7.2 yards per carry so virginia they hung in there kept hanging in there um but just you know defense couldn't get the stops they showed well they showed well that was you know about as good as they could do yeah um okay that's all the games as we record here on monday night 
Uh, let's give some some brief thoughts here then on the the CFP championship. So, so obviously it is LSU against Clemson. LSU is favored five, five and a half, depending on where you look. Yeah. What do you guys think? What are your quick thoughts on the game? You don't have to make a pick, but yeah. any storylines you're looking for? I'm just, I'm interested to see about Clyde Edwards Hilaire, how healthy he's going to be for that game. He's got, they got a lot of time between the semifinal and championship, but that, that might be a factor where they obviously didn't need him against OU, but against a better team like Clemson, who's got a really good defense, they might need his, his pop uh, from the running game to kind of offset that. So I don't know, I'm interested to see how much he can heal in the next two weeks. Yeah, when they put Hilaire in uh, early in that game on that, I think it was their first touchdown pass. Yeah. that was. I thought he was just a decoy for the rest of the game, right? They put him in that one play. I thought, oh, we're not going to see him again. But they actually did run him a couple times. So he looked pretty good. Obviously, he wasn't fully healthy, not even close, or else he would have got a lot more carries. But yeah. Yeah. But two weeks is, he should be pretty close to full strength, you'd think. Okay, Dr. Ryan. Well, is it, what? It's a hamstring, right? Yeah, hamstrings linger, Ryan. Yeah, that's true. Dr. Michael says, at least. Yeah. I mean, the early thought is you look at and you look at this and you're like, how can Clemson slow down Burrow and those LSU receivers? But, and I, it's a very legit question. I just, my early initial view is I want to make sure not to overreact so much to that one dominating performance because, again, Oklahoma doesn't have the world's best defense. But, you know, as, as time goes on, I'll see if that, my opinion sways uh, but uh that was it's just it's hard to get out of your mind it is yeah there was i heard this on another podcast and i definitely don't believe in this sort of stuff and i think they were kind of saying it tongue in cheek but the the dumb part of my brain is is thinking that lsu is just like a team of destiny don't they just feel like they've just got that it factor and the game is going to be in new orleans like i know yeah yeah it's going to be hard to pick against them but then you look on the other side Clemson's won, what, 29 straight games? So, yep. Crazy. And they got a great quarterback, great defense. It's They got a ton of talent, too. And they beat, arguably, you know, all the, those teams were 1A, B, and C, so they argue, already beat 1B or 1C, whatever way you want to look at it. Yeah, that's one of the top 25 best teams of all time, maybe, that Ohio State team. Like, Yeah, you could argue it's, I mean, I think it's the best Ohio State team we've seen Maybe in our lifetime. I don't know. Hard yeah, to say, I mean, maybe even better than the one that won the national title four years ago. Could be, yeah. Yeah. I think I think I heard on another podcast, I listen to a lot of podcasts, that an Ohio State beat writer said it was better than than that last national it title team. It seems like that, that team kind of caught fire late with Cardell Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this team was just more dominant the entire way here. But overall, I'm, I'm not going to make a pick, but... I will say that LSU's defense against Jalen Hurts really makes me like the matchup for LSU because if they could do that to Jalen Hurts, they might be able to do something to Clemson. I'm not, I'm not, we'll see, but yeah, something to think they about. They could probably get some pressure on them, you would think. Uh, and just how do you stop this LSU offense? I mean, yeah, it's crazy. That's the thing. It's Lawrence is going to have to be perfect almost, you feel like, to for them to make it to win at least mm-hmm. and i saw the i think the over under is like 70 and a half so wow. that is very high but any game involving lsu at this point it, you can only go so low right i mean yeah. it has to be pretty high should be fun okay we will be back next week we will give a full 
preview of, of course, the championship. And we'll recap any other bowl games that happen between now and then. So be sure you're subscribed and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com thisishome today.